Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. If you are a millennial like I am, you may have been plagued with a very, very important question while growing up. And that question is, who is A? (laughs) A refers to a mystery person terrorizing a group of high school friends who, yes, goes by the letter A. And they were threatening to expose their secrets one year after the queen bee of their clique went missing. I am, of course, referring to the series Pretty Little Liars, a show that took the world over by storm. And today's guest is that queen bee I was just talking about, the brilliantly talented actress Sasha Petersa. Sasha played the role of Alison De Laurentiis and instantly became a part of pop culture history when the show premiered. I mean, the world could not get enough. And what was so cool is this show was one of the very first shows to utilize Twitter because Twitter was just starting to become popular to engage with the audiences week after week. The show would be trending every single week. It was number one. It was truly remarkable how the show became so big on social media. Now, aside from being an actress and working ever since she was a kid, Sasha is the author of her cookbook, Sasha in Good Taste, and the host of her podcast, Women in the Nude, where Sasha and her friends tackle taboo topics and bear all with their experiences, their perspectives, and their truths. She truly does it all, and we had so much fun talking about everything from past to present. So, let's see if today we can get Sasha to say something that she's never said before. Sasha, how are you, my friend? Good. I am so glad to be with you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. I love connecting with you. I always feel like, I don't know, I just leave as a happier person whenever we're done talking. You have that effect on people. That is so nice. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel the same way with you. You're just so warm and, I mean, easy to talk to, but I feel like you're a friend, which is so cool. We've been, I mean, friends for years now. It's wild. I know. I love it so much. And I love following you because you always have so much going on. And we're going to dive into a new venture or a newer venture of yours, I should say. But before we go into that, 
I am so fascinated by this idea of someone like yourself who essentially shot to superstardom very early in your career, right? You, of course, were on Pretty Little Liars for everybody mm -hmm. listening and, and who may not know that. But that show really just kind of changed the trajectory of your entire career and your entire future, right? So thinking back to those years, what are you the most fond of? Oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, I mean, to speak on just in general PLL, I was 12 when I shot the pilot, 13 when we filmed the first season. So I now have been in the industry for over 23 years. I started when I was three and a half. So when I got PLL, you know, we weren't sure what it was going to be. We were super excited. You know, it was like, oh, the right formula. It was a book series and it was, you know, already popular. And hmm, I don't know, fingers crossed, this could be something. And then obviously, as we know, fans just fell in love with it the way that we did, which is just also in general, such a special thing as an actor. I had an incredible, I mean, really, as far as filming and um, the show being out over a decade of connection with amazing people all over the world. And I think it was one of those first shows that was we were able to do that because of social media and form real bonds with people that were going through similar experiences. You know, obviously, A is this hyper reality, you know, getting chased in the dark. Hopefully, people aren't doing that on a regular basis. But there was this real relatable energy between the girls and their experiences and how they were going through their teenage life. So I really grew up on camera in front of everybody, you know, during pillow in good and, and bad ways. It's so weird to have your childhood on TV. You know, every change that I went through, graduating high school, getting engaged, you know, getting my my license. Don't worry, my license came before getting engaged. I should get that in order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but regardless, I, you know, I I was on camera through these crazy milestones. And I look fondly on all of it, the good and the bad. And you know, when I say bad, it really wasn't bad. It was just you know things that end up being out of your control. But I feel like the relationships I formed were the best part. Our crew yeah. hardly changed in those years. And so I have lifelong friendships, people that have, you know, just been there to support me. And that includes our fans, really. There's fans that still, you know, comment and like on my page that I recognize from when PLL started. So it's really cool to see everybody grow with you as well. I don't know. It's it's just been such a a blessing and and something that I will always credit to where I am today. Well, it's clear you're you're so grateful and appreciative of your time on the show and of the community that the show built and I think it's really refreshing to hear something like that. Do you think you were prepared for all of the fame that hit you so fast? I mean, yes and no. I think being in the industry so young, I was trained to think that, you know, if you get that big thing, this is what will happen. And things like Twilight, you know, I, I knew Taylor from doing Sharkboy and Lava Girl. When he got Twilight, it was like he blew up overnight. Like people were at his house the next day, which is just crazy to think about. So I think I knew that if I got something like that, that that is what would happen. And then when it actually happens to you, it's very different. I think there was a couple of components for me that were different. I was homeschooled, so I wasn't in that public school setting where all of a sudden, you know, everybody knew my name and now my dynamic at school has changed. So I didn't have that. I was a minor compared to the other girls, so I was younger than everybody else. And as much as I never felt like I was treated any different, 
there's just certain ways that people handle you that are different considering you're not an adult. And so once I became an adult on the show, I would say that changed. But as far as like a fan experience goes, it's so different until, you know, you don't know really what it's like until it happens to you. I remember the first time I got recognized um, was before the show even came out. So it was just from, you know, marketing that they had started doing. And somebody recognized me while I was in a restaurant. And that was so bizarre. And it changed the way that I looked at just going out because, you know, the show wasn't out. I didn't think that anybody really knew about Pretty Little Liars yet, but they were a fan of the books. And so if you're a fan of the books, you're following everything that's, you know, coming up and new. And that's how they knew about the show. But they recognized me walking past a window. And that is such a strange thing. And now it doesn't matter if my hair color is different, if I'm wearing a hat, if I've got no makeup on it. It doesn't matter. Um, people recognize me. And, and that's, I think, such a, it's a strange thing. I think it's so awesome. And I, you know, it, it comes with it. And I'm thankful for all the people that I've met along the way. But it, it's a very weird thing to go out in public and, I guess, be very conscious of the people around you in a way that you might not if you're not in that position. Yeah, I can imagine. And social media was kind of starting to become really popular, right? When the show came out or yeah. was it was it even out? Yeah. So, I mean, we were lucky to release around the time that Twitter was first getting popular. So, you know, you had your Facebook. We had just come out of the MySpace phase, which I personally loved MySpace. Uh, still know how to code because of it. I'm proud of that. Nice. Um, but Twitter had just launched and was actively being used. And I think that is what really helped us because all of a sudden now, like I said, we were connecting with people all over the world, but we were one of the first shows to, you know, put hashtags on screen and have people live tweeting with us. And it really helped build our community and that suspense. And I think our show did a really good job of utilizing that and making sure that people felt involved in the show. And I think that is really the key. You know, I feel like if Twitter was around when the original Gossip Girl was around. I think they would have had a very similar response. And even though obviously Gossip Girl is massive, if they had that like immediate tweeting on, you know, while the show was airing, I think there's something so special about that. And then, you know, we loved connecting with our fans. So while the show was airing and all those hashtags are being shared and people were commenting and, and talking about it live, we were also participating in that and speaking to our fans because we care about it so much. So I think it just it helped fuel that crazy energy that came from PLL. Was it hard to find a balance? Because here you are on set shooting a million different scenes and seasons, and there's so much work that went into a show like this. And now social media is a thing, and you feel this obligation to be posting and interacting and engaging. Like, How do you form that line of peace between work and personal life and digital world? Was that a weird thing to wrap your head around? I don't think anybody has ever asked me that question in that way. So, I mean, thank you for that. Cause it, it is a weird, it is a weird thing. Um, you do feel responsible. Part of it actually is, I don't know if anyone's going to hate me for saying this as far as on our side of the business goes, but you are, it's not necessarily legally obligated, but it, it kind of is. They really push you to do that. Thankfully, I don't hate it. I think it's a really great opportunity to kind of, find out, you know, what people think and how they're feeling about what you've shot. But you have to self-monitor. You have to kind of check in with yourself and see how you're doing and, you know, decide 
what's best for you at that time and you know what isn't and i think then with pll you know i wasn't married i didn't have a kid i didn't have like all these other things in my life per se it was really just about work and enjoying the experience and so i had a lot more time didn't realize it back then i know i know it now <laughs> i had a lot more time to um to focus on that and i think i ended up I took breaks and I think that's the key is to learn when to, it's almost like checking in and checking out. You got to figure out what, what is right for you. And I think I kind of naturally felt that, you know, I had lots of health issues and a lot of stuff happened to me while I was working on the show. And so I think I naturally stepped away when I needed to. And I, and I was around when I could. Do you think you would do anything differently looking back at your time on that show? I ironically think I would post more. Really? I think I would. Yeah, I really do. I feel like I now know how to better connect. And I feel like I did a good job back then. But I think I fully understand it now. And I, I would, especially with Emerson and all that, I was very vocal about supporting it. But I feel like there are ways that I could have gone even further with that. But you know, I don't really have any regrets. That would just be something that could have been better, I feel like, is to be even more involved than I was, even though I really do feel like I was present. Oh, that must be a good feeling to look back and think, I did that right. Because I know a lot of people that I talk to don't always have that experience. And I think when you can fully say, man, I, I really feel like I'm content with how that experience went, no matter yeah. what industry we're in, I think that's a beautiful feeling. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things too, with the show that that's, that is that successful. I think there's a lot of actors that, I mean, definitely in the moment, feel like, okay, I, I've like the itch to do other things. And that was something with PLL that we were one of those last shows that had that many episodes. So a lot of the shows now have, you know, 11, 14 episode seasons for the same type of show, I would say. We had between 22 to 25 episodes a season. So wow. we were filming crazy hours for over nine months of the year. And we didn't have those breaks to go and do other things. We had to really, really, really fight to be able to get out for anything. And I think that was hard. So it was hard on us during that journey as much as I can. I feel like I can speak for everyone when I say that we all enjoyed it. We're all thankful for it. But that is the only bummer, I would say. I feel like we wouldn't have been burnt out at any particular time if we were able to kind of stretch those other muscles and you know, have a little bit more freedom to do other things. I think it just naturally, you know, as an actor, it it kind of, it's hard to play the same character for that long. I was lucky in the sense that Ali was never boring. I was always doing something ridiculous. I was always showing different colors based on, you know, whatever we were revealing at the time. But it's difficult to play the same character on the same level for that long. So you know, there's complicated things, but I like to call it a champagne problem. Oh, I like that. A yeah. champagne problem. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do you see in your comments or DMs or on social media, people asking, hey, are we ever going to get a reunion? Are you and the gals going to get together? Do you still see that? Absolutely. A lot. Every day, really. <laughs> wow. Which is, it only shows that you did something right. You know, I wouldn't say no. I know for all of us, it would have to be the right thing. In a way, you know, I'm, I'm very protective of Allison. We did that spinoff, The Perfectionist, and I was bummed about that. I don't think that it was done right. 
really that cast was a lot of fun and extremely talented, but I kind of wish it was done completely differently. I think we, it it was kind of essentially what I was afraid of. Mm -hmm. And I think why so many of us are afraid of sequels or afraid of kind of ruining the original thing that we did. And that's, that's why is you want to always do the character justice and Emerson was so important to me and the fans. For those who don't know, Allison, my character, and Emily, another character, had a relationship, and it was so important to our entire show through all seven seasons. And it ended on a note where they were together, they were strong, they had worked through so much garbage. Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so much shit. They worked through so much. Shit. I have such a bad potty mouth, and I me too. I'm from Jersey. Okay, okay. So glad to know. But, you know, they'd worked through so much and then to go and do a spinoff where that wasn't the case or they weren't together anymore really made me upset on a lot of different levels. That was really unfortunate. So I guess if we, you know, to answer your previous question about going back, doing something different, I would have either not done it or I would have really fought to change the storyline because I was not happy with it. And, you know, some of those things, it just kind of is what it is. So in a way, if we did something like a sequel or a movie or, you know, whatever it may be, that would be my stipulation is that we turn that around. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I almost forgot about that entire relationship because now you see so many mm-hmm. same-sex couples. And right, it's very, which is great. It's great. And I still think there's work that needs to be done, but we are seeing Absolutely. a lot more of it. But your show, I feel like, was one of the most early representations of a same-sex couple. Yeah, which is, I feel so honored to have been a part of that. I really, really do, which is, again, why I'm so protective of it. But I feel like while we were shooting it, we knew that and didn't know it. Like it felt so natural. It felt like the way to go. I really couldn't have seen that go any other way uh, as far as, you know, they, they were meant to be together. I think everybody always knew like they need, they need that. We need that. The fans need that. But we were one of the first, if not the first, as far as a teen show goes in that light to be that consistent thread throughout the show. Not just like this one-off thing that like we check the box, which I hate hate that. I'm glad that we were not that. And I also really respect the way that we were kind of showing different types of relationships as far as, you know, different dynamics, but then also the way that Emily came out to her parents. I love that they weren't just like open arms. You know, this is what it is. It was her mom had a really tough time with it. Her dad didn't. And I think that was really important to show that, you know, We're not going to just tell you that it's all rainbows and that you can just, you know, come out and then everything's fine. That's not the case. That's not reality. Unfortunately, some people are really shitty. And then other times people surprise you and it's beautiful. Her dad surprised her. Her mom did not. And as sad and frustrating as that is, we show that friends come around you. And when you have your people that you've chosen as your family, you're going to be all right. And I think that was really cool. And I think that really helped people around the world. And I, if I've done conventions or if it's just people, you know, talking on social media, I've seen that where people have come together around the world and maybe their experience wasn't so great, but they found their people. And often it was because of PLL and just fans randomly around the world that actually fly to visit each other and really formed amazing lifelong friendships. So that I think is something that I'm most proud of is that we created an environment where it was safe. Man, and when art can heal and bring people together, yes. then you've known you you did a pretty damn good job creating the character <laughs> you did. And that's a testament to all of the work that you guys did. I know Thank life you. takes us in a million different directions. So of course, it's so hard to keep in touch with everyone. But would you say you and the girls have forever formed a sisterhood? Oh, yeah. I mean, we spent so much time together. 
And I would say too, for the amount of estrogen that was on our set, I think we all did very well, but it really is a sisterhood, you know, and we're all, you know, getting married or having babies or just in general, our lives are going in directions that whenever we see each other or, you know, we've got our group chat and it just, it's something that I think we will, I don't see that ever going away. You know, we are, we've shared such a cool, strong experience that is so important in all of our lives in many capacities and to see us all grow and change and go through life in different ways is just so cool oh that's a beautiful thing and everyone has a new chapter and i'm sure you all support each other and you have had many things go on since the show ended but one of the things i'm excited to talk to you about is your podcast which is called women in the nude yes it is What a fantastic title so tell me about this podcast Thanks. Yeah. So I started Women in the Nude. I really wanted to start a podcast. It was just kind of those things, that thing that was like kind of rolling around in my head where I was, I was like, I love podcasts. You know, this is something that I enjoy that I get a lot of, I guess, knowledge from. We we find random information on podcasts that really help, whether that's self-help or if it's just listening to cool people that you never knew existed or celebrities telling you things about themselves that you never knew. I really enjoyed the concept. And so I was like, well, what could I do? What is important to me? I wanted it to be something that could help people. And I know for me, in my experience, I've been lucky to have some incredible women around me, but I did find it difficult to build a strong community of women growing up. It was hard for me to make really good girlfriends. I have my best, best friend, Jalen, and I have some amazing women in my life after that, that I had to really seek out and form those relationships. It didn't come easy. I just always connected with men better, to be frank. I had guy friends. I had lots of guy friends and I had my best friend, Jalen, and she's wonderful. And I didn't think I needed anything else. But as I got older, there are certain things that women deal with that men don't. You know, it's it's as simple as that. You can find some incredible men, which I have a lot of them in my life that are empathetic and sympathize with whatever is going on, but they don't, they can't uh, completely understand it like another woman can. And so I have really worked on in my own life, finding those women. And I wanted to give that to other people. I wanted to give it to whoever wanted to listen, but women in particular, to show them that the things that they're going through, you're not alone. You might feel crazy. You're not crazy. These things happen to you know every woman or lots of women. And here's how other people deal with it. And I wanted to make sure that it was people that had unique jobs or were in unique situations so that they could give some sort of insight that could maybe also not just make you feel included and related to, but could inspire you to do other things that you hadn't thought of before. You know, I have someone like Candace Nelson on my show recently who is incredible. If you don't know who she is, she is the creator of Sprinkles Cupcakes. And she is an incredible businesswoman and she's got so much to offer. And her journey is so fascinating. And she's so empowering for other women who not only just want to be in business, but just in general want to believe in themselves and how to do that, how to accomplish that. And so whether it's women's health, whether it's women's rights, whether it's women in business, motherhood. We cover so many different subjects that unfortunately tend to be taboo. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud to start that. We're only in our first season. You know, We're finding our legs, but I've really, really enjoyed it. 
It's a phenomenal show. I like that you have such oh, a, you. a clear point of view, a clear perspective. You're bringing powerful people together to help other people, which I think is so important in this day and age. Was there a conversation you. you've had on the show that was a more difficult one for you to engage in? Yeah, I, you know, I've, I feel very comfortable talking about PCOS now, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, which is part of what I was dealing with on the show. But, you know, you tend to talk to other people that have those experiences, and I feel like it gets kind of emotional. I've definitely revealed parts of myself that, you know, I haven't traditionally in other forms. Talking about health or my health journey in particular is, I would say, a sensitive one. You know, it's very raw. I've done a lot of work to get past it, but I feel like I've talked about it on several episodes, always slightly different always just a little bit more in one direction. Very truthful, very raw. I don't think there's any point in hiding it. And, you know, I think health journeys are so important to share. Everybody has a different version of it. Everybody's struggled with it in different ways. But I think that's probably the most raw. I like to pull other things from other places. Like I think sex is a big one. We are so scared in so many ways of talking about women having sex. <laughs> and I, um, I want to shatter that because, you know, we shouldn't be the exception. We shouldn't be the ones that like can't talk about it or feel shame for, you know, for whatever reason you want to insert in the blank there. Um, so I, I'm really excited to have this other guest on soon, who is a professor who literally specializes in women's pleasure, which I think mm. is fascinating. So having women on like that, that are breaking those walls down. It's just really important to me. And two things. When you open up about your health journey on your show, I think you mentioned, I forget which episode it was, but about the weight gain and how that was during PLL. Mm -hmm. And working in entertainment, I see all the press and headlines all the time. And for whatever reason, that went everywhere. As if yeah. people never gain weight when they go through a health issue, right? And it's like going back to your point of maybe taboo or you don't talk about it or whatever the case may be, it's so insane to me because it's a very normal thing. And yet when right. people hear it, it's like, oh my God, that's a headline. We've never seen that before. So I like right. that you're deconstructing that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things where when in the moment when I was going through it, I didn't know why. And I had this moment of like, I get it. I get why people are so hyper-focused on it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But here's the thing. When something changes and you don't know why, it's something to talk about. So I wasn't giving anybody an answer. I didn't have the answer, but it's the assumption that I think we have as a society. It's this, maybe just even just a human thing. Maybe it's not just society currently as a whole. I think it is one of those things where you, you want to know the answer to something. And people in the public eye are like fair game to so many people. That's why they comment anything on their pages. They either just don't think that they're going to see it or, you know, who cares about that person there in the public eye. So, you know, they're asking for it essentially. And so I think it was one of those things where like people were trying to find the answer. It was a, a popular show. They saw me change on the show. And so it's like, well, is she pregnant? They wanted an answer and I couldn't give it to them. And, you know, I shouldn't feel obligated necessarily to give them that answer, but I kind of had a moment of understanding where I was like, I haven't addressed it. People don't know what the reason is. Yeah, I do look different. It shouldn't matter, 
but you know, to them, somebody that is inspecting me essentially intentionally or unintentionally, I haven't given a reason. And I remember I posted something that was like under construction, which is so cheesy now, but I posted that. And and the reason was because I wanted to address it and I didn't know any other way to do it because I didn't have an answer. So essentially it was just, I'm under construction. I'm figuring my shit out. I don't know what it is. And so, you know, that's the only answer I can give you. And you can take that with, you know, however you want to take it, you can take it the way that you feel, you know, necessary. But I think it truly is that like search for an answer. I think that's why we're so interested in celebrities relationships and their choices in life. Cause it's like, well, why are they dating that person? Well, why, why were they here? Well, there has to be a reason we have to connect all of these dots. We have to know all of these things about their lives and to your point, when people go through health issues, weight gain is a really popular symptom, a side effect. You know, your hormones, different medications. There are so many reasons for weight gain that are not, as far as women go, you're pregnant. But I think it's the most exciting thing in social media. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, if they're pregnant, then it's like, whose baby is it? And then it, you know, then it's like pregnant fashion, pregnancy or a maternity wear, which I love. But actually, that's a good example, too. I was not, we were in the middle of COVID. And because of my PCOS, I didn't have an easy pregnancy. So I wasn't the girl out on the red carpet with the cute bump. And so there's all of these psychological things that you might not have to deal with if you're not in the spotlight. And I never want to say that I'm, what's the right word? You know, there's a lot of celebrities that are like, you know, I just want my private life. And obviously, there are times where I do, but I think there is, it's important to acknowledge the fact that it comes along with our industry and it means that you're successful. So it's a double-edged sword. And I don't like to get mad at fans or people that are interested in your life for being interested in your life because essentially it's why you're successful, especially these days. Your followers matter. Your follower count equals getting hired for something over somebody else. Often it doesn't matter about talent. And so our followers matter. And so the fact that you're mad at the public eye for wanting to be interested in your life is kind of, you either just have to get out of the industry or you have to stay in the industry. It's just, it's it's a part of it. I don't know if I'm making sense in that way, but it's something that comes along with the business and either you accept it or you get out of the business. And it doesn't mean that you can't, go through a hard time with your mental health. Naturally, it's something that's extremely difficult with your mental health, trying to wrap your head around what you can and cannot do, the way that you want to be seen in the public eye. There's so much to unravel there and all of those feelings are valid. But I think oftentimes the anger is misplaced. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How have you gotten to such a peaceful place in your work and in life and have such clarity and have this mindset of you know what you're in you know what you're going to get and you just have to learn how to manage and balance it all because a lot of people don't have that in whatever industry or career they choose but you seem like a very realistic practical kind of person have you always been like that or that just came as you've evolved well thank you for that yeah i think it's a, a little bit about knowing Kind of like I said before about fame, you know, if you, if, you know, one plus one equals two essentially, right? So it's like knowing that that's something that could come along with it and in a backwards way, wanting it. You know, I don't want people to be right outside my door. That does feel like, you know, a hard thing to deal with with your privacy. But in the same token, it's also like it's a sign of success. So I think I've come to peace or I'm at peace with the fact that that is a part of the industry. And I think it's because I've been in the industry for so long that I just, I try and look at it through a different lens of understanding of, like you said, practicality, because essentially that's, you're going to have to, it's like you, you laugh or you cry. You know what I mean? It's like that, that is the, the type of, I think the only way to look at it, to have peace. It's like, it's something that's not going to change. And actually, if it changes, there's a different issue. So this is the landscape. Where do you fall? Where's your balance? How do you get value out of life? 
How do you find your peace? And, you know, I'm definitely not always like that, but that's always my goal is to deal with it in a way that is as healthy as possible to understand what the type of boundaries that I need to make that possible and what, you know, I want to keep private and what I want to show. I think that's also a part of it. I think all of those things are possible, but it takes work. Everything in life, like you said, it's every different type of career path. It's every different walk of life where we we have to make those decisions. Otherwise, we just kind of are stagnant or we are letting ourselves suffer unnecessarily. Do you still get fulfillment out of being an actor? Does it still stimulate you in every sense of the craft or are there other things that you want to do and pursue? I would say both. I mean, absolutely. My first love as far as career goes will always be acting. Again, I've been in the industry so long that I've had the privilege of starting to really understand every different type of job on set. And it's made me really want to be a director. I've gotten into writing and producing and I really do want to start directing. And I think one of the most important roles as a director, and unfortunately, (laughs) even with a lot of directors that I've worked with, it's not maybe the one that either comes easiest or the one that they don't know yet. The, The most important thing is relying on the strengths of all of the other people around you, the ones that are qualified to do their jobs really well. You know, you're not the smartest person in the room. And I think that's a really important thing with leadership is knowing the types of people that you need to surround yourself with. I think I've learned a lot of lessons from really talented people. I've also learned a lot of uh, what not to do. And Mm -hmm. arming yourself with all of those things, I think, is truly important. And I can't wait for that next stage in my career. I've got other businesses that I've been doing on the side that are not entertainment related. Actually, very excited. I've started my own low-dose hemp-derived THC beverage. And myself and three co-founders are on that journey, which is really exciting. And uh, more and more will be shared about that soon. But yeah, I've kind of got my hands in everything. So it's it's exciting. I do feel like our industry is so fickle in so many ways that you kind of have to. And I do have lots of different passions in lots of different areas. And, you know, aside from the podcast and that, just in general, the things that I enjoy as far as hobbies go, you know, I try to always make sure that I'm stimulated in those ways, make sure that my passions are always being fed to the best of my ability. And obviously being a mom is top of that priority list. It's such a fun journey. And so, yeah, I've got a lot going on all the time. I I struggle to keep my head above water because of how busy we are, but I love that. I feel like without that, I would be bored and yeah. and not, and you know, not stimulated, not, I hate to say happy because I feel like there's always, you know, a way to find joy in things, but I don't want to ever not be busy, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And you're beaming. I mean, you're you're somebody <laughs> who is making life what she wants it to be. And I think that is so cool that you are allowing yourself to have other interests and you know what your love is and your passion is and what you desire and what you want. And you can do a bunch of different things. That's the day and age we live in, right? And yeah. you're somebody that is creative and an artist and you're sprinkling your talents all over the place, which I think is a really cool thing. So I'm I'm excited Aww. to keep hearing what you have uh, in the pipeline and and all of the things sound amazing. Thank you. I do want to mention that, you know, 
I appreciate you say that I'm like that I'm beaming because I, I am. I, I do feel really fulfilled. It's not always like that. I think that's also something important is like I have my bad days, you know, and I need reminders like this, like even just talking to you about this. It's like, yes, like that is what I'm, I am making my life what I want it to be. And I want to credit my husband with that, actually, because when I have those low moments, I'm so thankful that I have him to be like, no, you know, this is your value. This is what you want. Go get it. And I think we all need people in our lives like that, that when we are not feeling our strongest, you know, that has never faltered for them. And I'm lucky to have found those people who are there to, you know, pick me up when I'm having a low moment. And that is my want for everyone, honestly. Like I'm rooting for people to find those people in their lives because it makes all of the difference. It is hard to be your champion, your own champion 24 seven. Nobody is capable of that. It's no. it's exhausting. Yeah, you have to surround yourself with people that lift you and inspire you and that you do the same for. And that sometimes yes. means, you know, weeding out people throughout your life that aren't yes. doing that. And that's okay, too. <laughs> so I love yeah. that message. And, and to have a friend, a partner, just somebody who gives you that encouragement is so important. You have been so incredibly open. And I know you have your podcast now where you're very open as yeah. well. But the name of the show is I've never said this before. And yes. I am wondering if there is anything that you can think of that you've never said before. So I've been like really thinking hard about these and I've stressed myself out. But I love this question and I love that you ask this question. It's a question that I don't think I've ever been really asked before. And it made me laugh while I was thinking, you know, about what to say, because I also was like, I've kept secrets for like a decade because of PLL. And I, I guess I am so good at it that I, or I guess not so good at it in my personal life. Cause I'm like, what have I never told anybody? <laughs> uh, but awesome question. Um, I have got a silly one and I guess I've got a rather deep one. That's going to sound really depressing, which is kind of why I don't want to say that one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Cause I think it is as much as I've never said it out loud. I think it is something that a lot of parents deal with my, I guess, thing that I've never told anybody is I stress about it every night. I hate, I fear not being around to see Hendrix grow up, which is so wow. sad. <laughs> like, no, that's that is powerful. So sad. But I think a lot of parents do that. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, Sasha. I've never said it out loud. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've got a silly one. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. Right. Take, oh yeah, take of course. Now, that's something that it isn't depressing. I think that I'm not a parent, but I can imagine when you love a little human so much and they've come yeah. to you and they're your baby that why wouldn't you worry about that? I did not expect to do this. So oh, sorry about that. No, no, I really but I've appreciate got a funny you one. that. Okay, go My ahead. My funny well, one is that I fucking hate being tickled. <laughs> really? <laughs> I never said that out loud. I hate it. It is my pet peeve. Don't ever tickle me. There you go. Because you're super ticklish. I'm so ticklish and it like makes me angry. <laughs> That's hysterical. All right. Nobody you know, ever tickle Sasha ever. <laughs> Not okay. I love those two things. And thank uh, you. Seriously. Seriously. Thank you again for sharing that. I know it's always yeah. hard and sometimes uncomfortable being vulnerable, but especially as a parent, I think there's a lot of, at least from the friends I have who are parents, parent guilt and parent anxiety. Oh my gosh. And, Mom guilt is insane. Yeah. yeah. And, and parents feel silly for things that they fear or things. So I think you putting that out there will make a lot of other parents listening say, oh my God, 
she feels that too. It's not weird. It's not abnormal. It's just yeah, a thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, well, thank you, Sasha. Yeah. And I <laughs> promise I will never tickle you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I could not have enjoyed this conversation more. I, I, oh, I seriously, likewise. when we met during the pandemic and I interviewed you and I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, I left yeah. that conversation saying, oh my God, this woman is such a light and she Aww. is so emotionally engaging and stimulating and real and raw. And I think that thank you for anybody in this day and age to go through life with those capabilities and that compassion is a really important thing. And you, my friend, you have it. Oh, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. I love talking with you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Anytime I'm here. Thank you so much. Well, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. And everybody can Thank check you. out the podcast. Where can we listen to your podcast? So my podcast is Women in the Nude. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. You can go to my channel, Sasha Peterson on YouTube and find our videos there as well. But if you go to Sasha Peterson on Instagram, you will find all of that information as well. Excited to have anybody who will listen. And we just like to keep it positive and keep progress going so please give us a listen go check it out all right my <laughs> friend until we meet again thank you i appreciate it i've never said this before is hosted by me tommy didario this podcast is executive produced by andrew puglisi at iHeartRadio and by me tommy with editing by joshua kolodny i've never said this before is part of the elvis duran podcast network on iheart podcasts For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.